podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Morning everyone. Um, we're here this morning, we're going to talk about prayer. Uh, it's part of our One Another series and um, it's a vital part of our faith. It is, we are in a season where we are pressing in, we're pushing on, we're leaning into God for um, a miracle in our midst. And um, I'm believing that he is absolutely able, yes, and amen, faithful to the end. And we're absolutely um, bought into that. And uh, we're just going to look at some elements of prayer this, this morning. And I want us to pray together. And we're probably going to do some activation in a little bit as well. But do you know there's over 650 prayers that are listed in the Bible and 450 recorded answers to prayer. That's encouraging. That's it. It's encouraging. There's 450 recorded answers to prayer. That means there's a lot more out there, but the records are showing that. That is really great. And, um, you know, the Bible records Jesus and he actually, it records 25 prayers that Jesus prayed. And Jesus gives us an incredible model of prayer and of an incredible prayer life. Pete Gregg says this, everybody prays. And that's true, isn't it? Everybody in the world prays. They might not know who they're praying to, or they might know who they're praying to. Even non-Christians praise, he says. But he says the difference, and this is us, the difference when Christians pray is that we climb into the lap of the heavenly Father and he hears our cry. We're not just shouting out words into a void. I'm so glad that God isn't a void. God is the fullness of life itself. And when we are praying to our Father God, our heavenly King, we are right there sitting in his lap. He hears us up close and personal. And to me, that's a real encouragement. What is prayer? Prayer is very simply communication with Father God. It's just chatting to him. I was talking to one of our guys in, in Teen Challenge this week, and um, he's really new in, uh, new to faith. And he, in the last three weeks, has been starting this discipline of, who are you, God? I'm praying to a God that he's starting to learn about. And he sat down in my office and he said, Anita, I'm starting to recognize something. And he said, when I start my day and I pray, my day is different. And he said these real, very real, very honest words. And he said, Anita, when I don't, my day just feels and gets wonky very quickly. And I just loved that that actually there's a really raw interpretation of the power of prayer. And when we have a discipline of just coming to God and praying, that things are different. Whether it's that we hold a peace, whether that is we know his strength, whether our circumstances change, it doesn't matter in a sense. It's just that God is in our day with us. And for me, prayer is just recognizing, God, you're here. You know, some of my, my most frequent prayers are like, God, that's it, just one word. Or Father, or Jesus, or Spirit, or help. You know, it doesn't have to be 
reams and reams of posh words. It can just be, God just hears a heart. It can be reams of posh words as well. That's okay. But I know God hears a broken man saying, God, I need you, otherwise my life's a bit wonky. And he also hears the eloquent words of Sir William Temple, who says this. He says somewhere, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. That's the power of prayer, however we say it. Dear Pete Gregg also says, he's got some great books and prayer if you want to read any of them. But he says this, there are times when there's very little you can do but pray. And I know that often in, you know, in the season we're in, it feels like the only thing we can do is pray. But that's the best thing that we can do. So we don't want to belittle the power of prayer. Prayer is our everything. Prayer is what we do. Prayer is our weapon. Prayer is our strength. Prayer is our source. It's that chatting, it's that relationship, it's that talking to our Father God who can make a difference in our lives. Jesus, in fact, he said in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. There's a real model there with Jesus. Prayer is important and Jesus modeled it. He, he knew what it was like to withdraw on his own to go and talk to his dad to go and talk to his father, to go and talk to his mighty God. He learned a rhythm of, of understanding where he was at. He learned a rhythm of what worked for him. He would go off by himself, often early in the morning, all night if needed. And what he did was he, he modeled something that those who followed him realized there's power in this. And he modeled a lifestyle of prayer that others wanted to follow. And in so much so that the disciples said to him, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? They recognized that prayer made a difference to Jesus. That conversation, that hearing from his father and speaking it out with the authority that was in him made a difference to his life, to his circumstances and to the people around him. And we are encouraged to pray for one another, not because there's nothing else to do, but actually there's power in prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer connects us to Father God, who is the creator of the universe, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and right here, and right here. And we need to develop. And I love the fact that there's such a step up in prayer in the house. And I know that we are praying, people are praying all over the place. People are just saying breath prayers as they're doing life every day. And there's so much power in that. What is prayer? It's building relationship. It's talking to God. It's connecting with him. It's bringing him into the here and now. It's telling him what our needs are. It's acknowledging who he is. It's honoring his name. When Jesus read the, um, spoke to the disciples in praying and teaching them about prayer, he spoke the Lord's prayer as we know it now. See, in Matthew chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 11. And some of the key components of that is that prayer is about praise. It's about thanking. It's about asking. It's about confessing. It's about sharing what our needs are. He models prayer. He says this, God's name, we've got to lift it up. 
We've got to worship him. We've got to honor him. We've got to know who he is and declare his goodness. That's how we come to prayer. That's how some of my prayers, those, God. Because I know even in those moments when there's only one word that I can utter, it's his. That's the name that's above all other names. He goes on and he, he recognizes who God is. And he talks about his kingdom. And he says, God's kingdom come, thy will be done. What's he doing? He's, he's recognizing that God has an authority in our lives. And he recognized something about the importance of aligning our lives to his and coming under his sovereignty, under his goodness and making a posture of God. Here we are and we will praise you. And we will worship you and we will turn to you no matter what. We will keep our eyes focused on you. That's what Jesus is teaching us here. He talks about God's provision and our dependency. How? When he talks about God, give us our daily bread. We need to come to him daily, hourly, minutely, if that's what's needed. There are seasons of different things, but there's something about recognizing that God is a God who provides God is a God who hears, and he's a God that we can be completely and utterly transparent and dependent on. Thank you, Jesus. He's a God that we need forgiveness from. He's a God that we receive forgiveness from. And he's a God who recognizes that we need to give that forgiveness to others. There is something about the whole idea that we are prone to wander. I am prone to wander. But he is faithful. He is faithful. And when there's a difficulty with another, we pray forgiveness. We pray reconciliation. We ask God, would you help us in this situation? Because God gives us forgiveness and he requires us to forgive others. And that is where we live in the fullness of peace, hope, and joy in him. And it also recognizes that God is our deliverer. And he is our protector. And whilst there is a powerful enemy that wants to steal, rob, and destroy, we have an incredible God who brings life and joy and abundance. And whilst the enemy may be powerful, our God is victorious. And there's a big, big difference there. And he ends, the, he ends the prayer with an amen, which actually means let it be. So be it. It's saying, God, here it is. I'm surrendering to you. I'm coming to you. I'm acknowledging who you are. Here is my, what I'm, my needs are. Here is, is where I'm depending on you. And then he ends with amen. Let it be so. And We've already heard this morning, there's a bigger picture. And we don't always understand the bigger picture. But what I do know is our God is faithful. And we can trust him. And we can depend on him. And he will minister and meet our knees. Needs, not knees. <laughs> Although if you've got a need in your knees, you can ask for that too. <laughs> so how do we pray? Jesus is life taught us. You know, sometimes I've said it myself, I don't have time. And I think it was Spurgeon that says, or, or 
Martin Luther says, the busier I am, the more time I have to pray, the more I need to come before our God. But it is hard, isn't it? Time is, life is busy, life is lots going on. And sometimes in our minds, we can be really noisy, not very quiet. But Jesus teaches us how to find a quiet place, how to schedule it in, find the time that suits, make sure we make it a priority. And then in Psalm 131, it talks about the mind. And it says this, Lord, my heart is not haughty, my eyes, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. And then the psalmist says this, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. That tells me that with all the noise, there's something of a discipline that we can press into, that we can actually action, whether it's meditation, coming to God, reading his scripture, and surrendered into him. So how do we come to him? We just come as we are in prayer. We come honestly, humbly, we come boldly, we come with confidence, knowing that as children of God, we have the rightful place to come and sit on his lap, to kneel at his throne. We can enter that throne room with a boldness. I advise you from personal experience, where we can sort stuff out, let's sort stuff out so that we're not coming with barriers between us and him. And that's just an honest thing. There's a level of vulnerability, there's a level of integrity that we need. The psalmist talks about who can ascend the holy hill. He says the ones with clean hands and a pure heart. How do you pray? Just pray. We make it this big word sometimes. What is it? Just lean in. Just say, God, God, if you're there, God, I need you. Jesus, you know. He knows, but also he wants us to ask. One thing that fascinates me about the story of the healing of blind Bartimaeus is that it was clear this man couldn't see. You know, it was just so obvious that this man couldn't see. And yet Jesus approaches him and says, what do you want me to do? He didn't say, I want a McDonald's. He didn't say, you know, just give me a cloak. He says, no, I want to see. And sometimes James says that if we don't ask, we don't receive. We don't have because we don't ask. And sometimes we need to ask. We need to be specific. We need to visualize it. We need to declare it. God, I want to see. It might be blatantly obvious, but we have got to speak it out sometimes. And we're going to do that in a little while. Dallas Willard is a great writer, and he says these words. The more we pray, the more we think to pray. If you're out of a routine, have a go. If you're out of a routine, just start. Just start. And you know, the more you do it, the more you develop that routine of just inviting him in, of honoring his name, the easier it gets. And it is a discipline and we do have to keep doing it. If there's ways to help you, put a prayer list together. Have a prayer journal. If any of you have seen that, that film called The War Room, empty your closet or your wardrobe and stick all verses and, and requests and the things that are moving your heart. Use liturgy. Craft a prayer. What's been really helpful in this season is the prayer that's been crafted for us to pray over Lauren. 
It's powerful. It helps us to stand firm. Pray the Bible. Sing. Pray in tongues. Listen. Meditate. But talk to him. I just want to say a couple of verses. In in Ephesians 6 verse 18, it encourages, Paul encourages us to pray for one another. The verse is this. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. Prayer matters. Prayer makes a day difference. For Moses, when Joshua was fighting the army and it looked like things weren't going well, when his arms were up, there was victory in the battle. But he couldn't do it alone. And Aaron and Hur came and, and lifted his arms up. And they won the battle. You know, there are times when we need to pray for one another. We need to recognize that there are times when well, some of us are, are weaker or there's stuff going on. And we need, whilst our faith is there, we need one another to stand alongside each other. Why it's so important that we pray. How do we pray? We pray in the spirit. What does that mean? It means that the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Just like Greg said, sometimes all we can do is pray. Sometimes it's about speaking in tongues. If you're able to do that, then do that. I find that really, really helpful when there's no other words. And it, it talks about how the Spirit intercedes with groans. Words that we don't understand, but they're absolutely the right words at the right time. For that, what does that mean? Praying in the spirit. It's not just about praying in tongues. It's about, in Romans 8, it talks about the mind that's controlled by the spirit, not the flesh. It's the mind that's centered on God. When all the storm is going crazy, it's the mind that says, God, I am focused on you. Holy Spirit, what are you saying here? Jesus, what are you doing? What's your strategy? What is your plan? And we're conscious of what he says and we listen It's being conscious and being filled with his presence. Talks about praying on all occasions. Not just now and again, but on all occasions. No matter what the circumstances. I remember as a little girl, there was an advert about martini. I don't know if I can even say this. But it was advertising Cinzano or martini. And it said, you can have it any time, any place, anywhere. Mark remembers it. And I can remember somebody saying it's like prayer. Any place, anytime, anywhere. I want to add anything. Anything. He knows. He is faithful. What sort of prayers? All types of prayers. All types of requests. Whatever it needs. Whether it's the prayer of faith, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of request, the prayer of thanksgiving, of worship, of consecration, of intercession, of encouragement, of desperation, of love, of hope, of comfort, of strength. Whatever it is, pray. All types of prayers. Why? Because he's a God who bends down to listen. I love that verse. What's the point of praying? Because he bends down to listen. He wants to hear our cry. I want to say it's for all of us. There aren't professionals in the room here. We believe in a priesthood of believers. Every single one of us, wherever we do life, whatever we do, 
at home, at work, at play, wherever. There's a clear teaching that prayer is for all of us and it's important. How do we approach him? Boldly. Hebrews says, let us approach the throne of grace boldly, with confidence, so that we may receive grace and find grace in our help of need. We're coming to a God who is awesome, who's mighty, who's amazing, who's powerful, who's encouraging, who's nurturing, who's the creator. We're not coming to a nobody, we're coming to the everything. We're coming to the great I am, the all in all. That's who we're approaching. We're coming to a God who can, and we're believing in him. So come, as you are, with childlike faith. Often children have got the biggest faith. Childlike faith, I believe, is what we need. Honest, expectant, real. And then he says to be alert. And Paul says in, the, in Colossians, he says, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. The message says with an open, open with wide eyes wide open. That's how we come to prayer. Why? Because you can see what's happening in the atmosphere. Why? Because there's strategies and schemes of the enemy or man that we need to come against and stand against. How? In the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. We need to see and ask him, God, what are you doing? When our eyes are wide open and we see his plans and we see his purposes and we start to call them into being, that's why our eyes need to be wide open. We stand in his authority with the hope that Christ lives in us and prayer can make a difference knowing that he that's in us is greater than he that is in the world. And lastly, we come always keep our prayers on the saints and for always keep on praying for all of the saints. So, what do we do? Jesus, when he talks about the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter 11, he talks about knock and keep knocking, keep knocking. And then he says these incredible words, with shameless persistence. With shameless persistence. That means we don't give up. Paul talks about praying without ceasing. He talks about, you know, keeping it going. He talks about having an attitude of God's consciousness and surrender. Turning him to him in all situations. Praying without ceasing doesn't mean you've always got your eyes closed. And that you're speaking continually 24-7. But it just means we are standing in the truth of who he is. And we just keep pressing in. And as the thoughts come, we keep declaring the name of Jesus. We keep bringing it before him. You know, you keep it fresh in your mind. You have those breath prayers. It's that consciousness that God is with us and in us. And we turn to him at all points. A continual, continual dependence on him. I love this little analogy. It says, push, pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. What that might that be? That our circumstances change. That God speaks. Or that God acts. We keep pressing in. But always, always knowing that he is good. That he is faithful. That he knows the big picture. And that he is our love and loves us. So we're encouraged, pray for one another. In a moment, we're going to pray. I think the band are going to come back and just start um, playing quietly. 
Karl Barth says these words, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. God, we want to clasp in our hands in prayer right now. We are clasping our hands in prayer and praying that you will bring an uprising. You will bring order where there is chaos, that you will bring your perfect plans into being. And we completely and utterly trust you, Lord God. God, I thank you for that prayer of agreement where where we come together and we declare your goodness. We lift up your name. Praying together is so, so important. Do you know the reality of life is that we live between a, a now and a not yet. There's a tension with prayer. There's a belief, there's a hope, there's a tension that we have to push in with sometimes. I don't know if any of you are familiar with this tapestry by Corrie Ten Boom, who was a survivor of the Holocaust. And she made this beautiful tapestry, but she always kept it back up. So you saw the mess. And for years and decades, she carried it across the world and said, sometimes all we see is the messy knots. But when we turn it over, we see God's perfect plan and design. And we have to hold and live within that tension sometimes, which we don't get and we don't understand, but we keep pressing into a God who does. I want to end by saying this prayer. This is a prayer that I've been sitting in for the last few weeks and praying, praying, praying. And I'm going to read it to you. And uh, and then we're going to do some activation. And it's from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 to 20. And Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he says this, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then the Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all people should, God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And I pray that you will experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Perhaps you might want to stand a moment if you're able to. And I'm going to just read a couple of lines of it from the message translation. God, my prayer right now for each one of us, for Lauren, for the Wilsons, my prayer is this. I ask you to strengthen us by your spirit. God, I thank you that's not by brute strength, but by a glorious inner strength. I ask you that Christ will live in us as we open the door and invite you in. 
I ask right now that with both feet planted firmly on love, that we will start to understand the extravagant dimensions of your love. That we will reach out and we will experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths and rise to the heights. Live full lives, full to the fullness of God for each one of us in this room. For Lauren, for Rich, for Ness, for Amelie. And I declare this, Lord, that God, you can do anything. You can do far more than we could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And God, I declare that you do not do that by pushing us around, but by working within us, by your spirit working deeply and gently within us. Lord God, you ask us to pray for one another. As we come and pray with one another, over one another, we declare that you are able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Just for a moment, maybe you want to pray with the person to your left, to your right, maybe in twos or threes, and just declare those words over them. God, strengthen them by your spirit. Strengthen them by your spirit from your glorious unlimited resources that they will be empowered with inner strength through their spirit. Just pray that over one another right now. God teaches us to pray for one another. He encourages us to stand with one another. We don't know what one another's needs are necessarily, but God does. And all we're asking in these moments is that from his glorious abundance, out of his glorious riches, that he will meet their need. And that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit.